Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. This is Make It Pine. M.I.P. With Massimella Mark Thompson. Get woke. As many of you know, we just celebrated the 56th anniversary of Bloody Sunday in Selma, Alabama this past Sunday. And everything was virtual. It gave us an opportunity to hear from a number of newsmakers. We want to share some of those conversations with you as they were broadcast live on the virtual. Joe Biden issued an executive order on Sunday relative to voting rights. And I had an opportunity to talk with Congresswoman Sheila Jackson Lee about the president's executive order on voting rights and H.R. 40, the reparations bill. And so we'll hear Joe Biden address the Selma community and address the 56th anniversary of Bloody Sunday and then hear Congresswoman Sheila Jackson Lee's reaction. Please enjoy. We also now have a message from the president of the United States who actually issued an executive order today. And so we want to share that with you right now. Let's hear from President Joe Biden. Good morning to everyone joining us in this unity breakfast named after Dr. and Mrs. King. And to commemorate the anniversary of the march in Selma. I know this is the first commemoration of Bloody Sunday without Reverend C.T. Vivian, Reverend Joseph Lowry, and my buddy John Lewis, Congressman John Lewis. Preachers of the social gospel, architects of the beloved community, They built not only with words, but with actions. And reminders that in our lifetime for black Americans, the fundamental right to vote has been denied by white supremacy, both hiding behind white hoods and in plain sight in state houses and courtrooms. Yet those torches and burning crosses and batons, tear gas, fire hoses, attack dogs, and unfair laws 
and trials that could not stop progress. The blood of John Lewis and so many other brave and righteous souls that was spilled in Selma on this Sunday in 1965 sanctified a noble struggle. And when the country saw those images that night, America was forced to confront the denial of democracy, the fierce urgency of justice. Congress passed the Voting Rights Act a few months later, and President Johnson signed it into law. But the legacy of the march in Selma is that while nothing can stop free people from exercising their most sacred power as, as a citizen, there are those who will do anything they can to take that power away. The Voting Rights Act began to dismantle barriers to voting and to make our elections more free, fair, and representative. I was always proud to lead the efforts to reauthorize it over the years as a U.S. Senator in the Judiciary Committee. But at the same time, Republicans at every level have chipped away at it. Then, in 2013, the U.S. Supreme Court gutted the Voting Rights Act, holding that times have changed and blatant voter discrimination was rare, contrary to the assault that was taking place on the ground. The late Justice Ginsburg wrote the decision was like, quote, throwing away your umbrella in a rainstorm, end of quote. Today we have a hailstorm, not a rainstorm, a hailstorm. In 2020, our very democracy on the line, even in the midst of a pandemic, more Americans voted than ever before. Multiple recounts in states and decisions of more than 60 cases from judges appointed by my predecessor, including at the Supreme Court, upheld the integrity of this historic election. Instead of celebrating this powerful demonstration of voting, we've seen an unprecedented insurrection in our capital and a brutal attack on our democracy on January the 6th. And never before, a never before seen effort to ignore, undermine, and undo the will of the people. And to think of that, and yet it's been followed by an all-out assault on the right to vote in state legislatures all across the country. You know, during the current legislative sessions, elected officials in 43 states have already introduced over 250 bills to make it harder for Americans to vote. We can not let them succeed. Last week, the House of Representatives passed H.R. 1, the For the People Act of 2021. This is a landmark piece of legislation that is urgently needed to protect the right to vote and the integrity of our elections and to repair and strengthen our democracy. I hope the Senate does its work so I can sign it into law. I also urge Congress to fully restore the Voting Rights Act, named in John Lewis's honor. Today, on the anniversary of Bloody Sunday, I'm signing an executive order to make it easier for eligible voters to register to vote and improve access to voting. Every eligible voter should be able to vote and have that vote counted. If you have the best ideas, you have nothing to hide. Let the people vote. And I'll close with this. A few days before he passed, Jill and I spoke with John, Congressman Lewis. 
But instead of answering our concerns about him, we talked about how you you doing, John. He asked me to stay focused on the work left undone to heal and to unite this nation around what it means to be an American. That's the God's truth. John wouldn't talk about his pending death or his concerns. He said, we've just got to get this done. That we're all created equal. We all deserve to be treated equally. On this day of reflection, please, let's stay focused on the work ahead. Let's remember all those who came before us as a bridge to our history so we don't forget its pain and as a bridge to our future so we never lose hope. May God bless their memory. May God bless you all. And may God protect our forces. A message from President Joe Biden on this anniversary, this 56th anniversary of Bloody Sunday working to improve access uh, to voting and expand the right to vote. Joining us now, Congresswoman Sheila Jackson Lee. And Congresswoman, so glad you were able to join us. First, I want to ask you, ask you to react uh, to what the president said and, and also his executive order to expand the vote. And then we want to talk about a very important piece of legislation that you are sponsoring that we've all been working on. First of all, welcome. Uh, how are you? I am well, thank you. You, uh, I am in Houston and uh, at the Good Hope Baptist Church. Um, this is a historic church where Barbara Jordan attended, and we're just trying to help people, as you well know, that we suffered from the freeze. So we know it's a bloody Sunday. We're trying to be active and energize on bloody Sunday. Uh, I'm delighted that the president has uh, taken this day uh, to reinforce and to fight against the pandemic of voter suppression that is raging across America. That is what we have a pandemic of oppression. I think there are 43 plus legislators, legislatures, maybe up to 50, uh, if people begin to think uh, that uh, the empowerment of black voters was too much in 2020. So his commitment to uh, HR1, that's uh, legislation to open up opportunities for voting, but in particular, the John Robert Lewis uh, Voter Enhancement Act, HR4, is particularly powerful because it goes directly uh, to helping African-Americans who have suffered for so long in cycles. There's a moment when you have voter freedom and voter opportunity, 1965 Voting Rights Act, and then we're back again in a cycle where every legislature is trying to oppress the rights of voters and the rights of black voters to vote. Yeah, and, and even said so, one of the our, uh, lawyers even made that case in the Supreme Court hearing when Amy Coney Barrett asked him the question. He said, well, we have to do something to stop the Democrats. So it's transparent. Um, but what you've been working on, you picked up the baton uh, from uh, Congressman John Conyers. Uh, and we thought it was important to take this opportunity on Bloody Sunday uh, to talk about, for those who don't know, the piece of legislation you've been working on and just how close we are to getting it passed. And that's that's H.R. 40. It is H.R. 40, the Commission to Study and Develop Reparation Proposals. Two of my late dear friends, Elijah Cummings uh, and John Robert Lewis, were enthusiastic supporters of H.R. 40. They were co-sponsors of that legislation. And John, in particular, was very supportive of uh, the effort now that uh, John Conyers had entrusted to me uh, prior to his retiring to, to carry this forward. And I could not have done it without so many um, 
of the civil rights organizations. I think we have a letter with 350 signatures, signatories on that letter to say we are with you, including uh, those uh, from the Japanese American community, from the uh, Jewish community, Muslim community, and others, and, and particularly in COBRA, particularly in WACP. So the basis of that bill, I think, gets more invested in America's redemption than ever before. You know, it's interesting that we were powerfully able to elect uh, Senator Warnock and Senator Ossoff, both coming from, uh, in essence, minority communities, uh, Jewish faith, Jewish community, and then African-Americans out of the state of Georgia, a state uh, that was full of the leaders of the segregationist movement and the Confederacy. But we were able to elect them with the strength of black voters and collaborative voters. The question I have to ask and the reason why H.R. 40 is so pivotal, so important, is that freedom for black Americans seems to be in cycles. We get a sense of freedom, then all of a sudden oppression, a sense of freedom and oppression. We can remember that with the 64 Civil Rights Act, 65 Voting Rights Act, uh, the Great Society with Lyndon Baines Johnson, uh, the affirmative action. And then as we moved uh, into the 80s, we began to hear people talk about ketchup was a vegetable. Um, we began to... Uh, see affirmative action uh, simply uh, being uh, something that people would attack. The cases went into the Supreme Court where there were those who challenged, why should we be doing this for African-Americans? And then, of course, no doubt, this horrendous era called the Trump era, again, uh, trampled on uh, the rights of African-Americans. We cannot continue to go through cycles. And so H.R. 40 says, stop for a moment. Look at the extensive disparities that have come about over and over again because of uh, the uh, conditions of slavery and, and the uh, continued conditions of those descendants of enslaved Africans. It takes a stop. It looks at it and it begins to develop proposals. Let's not have cycles of freedom. Let's have continuous freedom in America. That's what H.R. 40 does. And I would say this, Reverend Mark, over 170 members or at least 170 members of the United States Congress. Uh, supported, and they come from all regions of the United States. And, and, and that's really less than 50 short of all the Democrats in, in Congress. So, so when people hear that math, does that not mean that we are close to having a markup and this coming to the floor to be voted upon? Thank you. Well, you know, with the work of all the outside groups, we are coming uh, to a uh, position to be marked up we have a commitment from our chairman, Chairman Nadler, the Judiciary Committee, enthusiastic, the staff enthusiastic. And so we should be seeing that markup toward the end of March or the beginning of April with a lot of excitement uh, from the advocates and as well a lot of excitement from the members of Congress and the Judiciary Committee. And so you have the support of the leadership, the Speaker Pelosi, Leader Hoyer, um, uh, Jim Clyburn, the Majority Whip is a co-sponsor. But you also have the vocal support of President Biden. Uh, his press secretary has been saying that he supports this study. He supports H.R. 40. And I think that is a giant leap forward. We thank the administration being open-minded to understanding what this would be. You know, I was just with Ben Crump. We were talking about the George Floyd Justice and Policing Act, uh, and we were talking about what lawyers do in the court. When you have good facts, you can argue the facts. Of course, uh, when you have good facts and the other side does not, then they start maligning and attacking. Well, that's where we are. We have good facts for H.R. 40. I think the president understands we have good facts. In fact, the majority leader, Senator Schumer, understands that we have good facts for H.R. 40. I've called it a mainstream initiative because it is a recognition of all of what 
uh, African-Americans did in slavery to help build the wealth of this nation. Uh, the former president of the United States, uh, President Barack Obama, said uh, that the question of uh, reparations justified just simply on the question of wealth inequity. What we want to do is just not speak from the hip. We want this massive effort to be done effectively by a governmental commission appointed by uh, the leader of the uh, Senate, the Speaker of the House, and the President of the United States to make a difference and work hard to make uh, the facts known. And then we can have solutions uh, that, of course, the legislation does say uh, develop reparation proposals. So we're not going on a wing and a prayer. We're going on facts. We ask America to accept the fact that we're better as a nation when we heal, uh, when we re repair, and when we do it together and we do it as uh, factually. I, th I think that is what my colleagues who've co-sponsored this, that is what they believe in. I am so excited, but so impressed, uh, so moved uh, by their willingness to co-sponsor this legislation that has moved us to a markup and then to have a president of the United States indicate, uh, his staff indicate their support uh, for the uh, thesis of this particular legislation, the basis of this legislation. And on, on uh, Bloody Sunday, it is an appropriate conversation because those soldiers uh, on the battlefield in 1965, and when I say that, foot soldiers, mm -hmm. uh, many of whom are unnamed, and I'm supporting an effort. I know my colleague worked so hard, Congresswoman Sue, uh, an expanded effort to get all the names of those individuals, uh, even though we honored them before. But the point is, that means we're going in cycles. Yeah. They were fighting for voter opportunity. That was 1965. Yeah. It is now 2021, and we're fighting against the pandemic of voter suppression. That's why H.R. 40, the commission to study uh, and develop reparation proposals is so crucial because we dig deep into why the continuing disparities impact on African-Americans in this country. Voting, education, healthcare, uh, COVID-19, uh, the criminal justice system. That's what we think those who are supporting this legislation finally recognize we should do. And, and to be clear, um about the direct line to Selma, as we are honoring Selma and those foot soldiers, the the former, the original legislation was to study the feasibility of reparations. This is no longer a study bill, folks. This is a remedy bill to come up with what forms reparations might take through the commission and, as the Congresswoman alluded to, uh, to address the ongoing vestiges of enslavement. Bloody Sunday was a vestige of enslavement. Ongoing voter suppression is a vestige. The police demic, Congresswoman, uh, the ongoing violence from police, these are all ongoing vestiges of slavery that H.R. 40 and his commission would address, correct? Oh, you are absolutely on point, Reverend Thompson. You are, uh, I guess I'm always calling you Reverend Mark, so please forgive me. <laughs> That's right. uh, but uh, you're absolutely on point. It is, and, and this is to, uh, to sort of expand on people's understanding. Why do these continue to happen in cycles? Yeah. And you have evidenced what we are facing. We're now in 2021. What are we facing? Voter suppression. What are we continuing to face? Uh, the, the police misconduct that seems to fall uh, unfairly and heavily on the backs of black men in terms of, uh, and black women, Sandra Bland and Pamela Turner and Breonna Taylor. Uh, and of course, uh, George Floyd, whose trial is beginning. Our families were together, and I say our families because I consider them such. We were together sure. yesterday, sure. Um, pushing forward the value of the George Floyd Justice and Policing Act, but giving them comfort as they go forward to Minneapolis 
uh, to begin this process. So you have to ask the question, why does this happen over and over again? Some people will have answers that will uh, disparage African-Americans, but those who have the facts, which is what H.R. 40 is to do, they will understand that there's something that happened that continued this disparities, and it is something that was governmentally sanctioned, and it is appropriate for the government to be able to address it. Not our neighbor, not my coworker, that some people say I had nothing to do with it. It is a government response that must occur, and that's what H.R. 40 does. It is a government response to the foot soldiers in Selma to respond to empower us to vote and to stop continuing these cycles of voter suppression. How much more can we take? We win in 2020, we vote legally, we vote the right way, we vote in large numbers. We made an historic statement in 2020, Reverend Mark, you know, the largest number of Americans to ever have voted. Um, and President Biden got the largest number of votes ever of any president. And so why are we being punished? And that is a continuing disparity that laws continue to be allowed to undermine uh, the life of African-Americans in this country. And I say this, when you lift the votes of African-Americans, right. you lift the vote for all people. You give voting rights to everyone. You give health care to everyone. You give better education to everyone. That's what we've always done. That's what we'll do at H.R. 40. Everyone will be able to be helped in this commission by way of the work that will help African-Americans. And we'll churn the economy and be able to do many things to help America. H.R. 40 in the House, companion S-40 in the Senate. And I know, Congresswoman, you want me to ask everyone uh, within earshot and eyeshot to get in touch with their members of Congress and ask them to co-sponsor and support the reparations commission bills in both houses. We want to thank you for being here Absolutely. with us. You've always been a part of Selma, too. We didn't want to leave anybody out. So even though we're virtual, we're all still a part of it. We thank you, Congresswoman. I, I'm delighted. Thank you for your kindness. Just uh, as they can see, I'm, I'm in a car outside of Good Hope Baptist Church. I said where Barbara, uh, Barbara uh, Jordan attended, but we are trying to help folk from the freeze, and a lot of yep. them are coming out of our community. Thank yep. you so very much. Good soldiers, we love you. All right, love you too, Congresswoman. Take care now. All right, bye-bye. Right. Thank Thanks for getting woke and listening to Make It Plain. Please remember to listen, like, subscribe, and wherever you get your podcasts, please give the show a five-star rating. And please do spread the word. Let's all continue to pray for each other during this pandemic and this police-demic. If all hearts and minds are clear, it has been made plain. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park.
You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.